Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the big infrastructure bill is officially and finally on the floor of the U.S. Senate to be debated and amended. Uh, the Senate is now looking at this bill, which includes $1.2 trillion in spending on infrastructure projects. What if I told you that there was another $100 million or so about to be spent in the next couple of days? You will never guess what it's going to be spent on. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We've been talking about all kinds of spending, spending that should and spending that should not be part of an infrastructure bill. What is infrastructure? What is not? Uh, All of those debates continue to roll along. But there's some other spending about to be unleashed, about $100 million worth. So with the, the bill finally written, the, the lawmakers now, the, the group, uh, bipartisan group, has to try to sell that infrastructure bill to all members of Congress, particularly on the Republican side. But the legislators uh, aren't alone in this effort. Yep, you guessed it. Special interest groups are also ramping up their efforts to persuade Republican senators in particular who are maybe on the fence or a little uncertain about the bill how it's going to be paid for, uh, to actually vote for it, to support the deal. So who are these lobbying groups? How influential can they really be in this whole process? And why are they willing to spend $100 million to try to influence the vote of a member of Congress? Let's dig into that. So uh, it's very fascinating to me. Uh, There are... Uh, groups that are really rolling out these uh, advertisements to try to influence members of the Senate to vote for the bill. And that is not uncommon, of course. And you've probably seen some of these commercials before, you know, that usually has the the gravelly voice guy, you know, saying, Senator Cinema doesn't care about your roads and bridges or your safety. Call her office today. Encourage her to vote for the infrastructure bill. And we, we've seen these from both sides of the aisle, make no mistake about it. Uh, but reports are coming out that 
there will be about $100 million spent in the coming days from lobbying groups, from special interest groups trying to influence members of Congress to vote for this package. Now, I don't care whether it's this package or some other package. The process is always the same. In fact, I want to give you an example. I want to give you a little example of this. So go back to March of this year. In March of this year, there was a coalition of environmental groups who launched a $10 million ad campaign uh, that was backed by uh, many of the Democratic governors and their uh, political groups to pressure the Biden administration and Congress to make investments in climate change and clean energy solutions part of the infrastructure plan. Okay, so just think about that for a minute. This was earlier in the year. Again, coalition of environmental groups in conjunction with a lot of Democratic governors uh, kind of pulled their money together and did a $10 million ad buy trying to put pressure on the Biden administration to uh, make sure that Congress included very specific investments. Listen to this ad. Calling all builders, all welders and roofers, engineers and electricians. Calling all brick masons and boilermakers, steel workers and steam fitters. Your country is calling you to rebuild America, to create a cleaner, safer, more prosperous future for all. Tackling climate change, this is the job of our lifetime. It's time to build back better. Let's get to work. All right, now that's just one example. Uh, and that was a broad one, very interesting. Uh, really calling on the builders, the welders, the roofers, the engineers to, to all come together uh, and put pressure on the Biden administration to include uh, climate change and energy solutions uh, into the bill. Uh, now the ads are getting much more targeted. Now they're going and they will be running ads uh, in very specific states. Which states, you might ask? Well, just so happens to be the states where members of Congress have maybe been a little wobbly on their commitment. Uh, In particular, there are uh, 17 Republicans uh, who voted to start debate on the legislation. And uh, those same folks are going to have to line up again uh, in order to get the bill across the finish line. And so the, the question then is, why? Why did they do that? So uh, it was reported today uh, in The Hill that Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions, CRES, uh, just in and of themselves, launched a $1.5 million TV ad uh, encouraging senators from Iowa, West Virginia, uh, Michigan, some of these others uh, to vote in favor of the bill. Uh, you also have some that are targeted towards uh, Senator Thune and Moran, Young, uh, that have all been a little skeptical about the bipartisan bill, the 2,700 pages and $1.2 trillion in spending. Uh, and so now you've, you've got uh, these groups that are ready to unleash $100 million in ads. And so here's, here's my recommendation to everyone. When you hear one of those ads, when you see one of those ads on TV or on your social media uh, or just as you're perusing the interwebs, you're going to see these ads pop up. And your question has to be, now why why are they paying to run this ad? Why are they paying to show me this ad? And, of course, the reality is for many of these groups, if the bill passes, they will make 
millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, people who do uh, concrete, <laughs> people who, who build, uh, and you can go on down the list. And it, it's not to target any one group, but you have to recognize that the groups that are lobbying these members of Congress to pass this or to put in an amendment have a motive. And it's not just baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. Uh, there's real political power. There's real political persuasion and influence that happens with these large special interest groups. And so when you hear or see or watch one of those advertisements, you say, I wonder, I wonder why they're so interested in infrastructure. Uh, what, what might they be getting out of it? Uh, we have to remember, I say this often, six out of the ten wealthiest counties in America are suburbs of Washington, D.C., uh, they don't make things. They do things. They influence. <laughs> it is power, money, and influence peddling, lobbying. And so we just have to be a little bit careful when it comes to watching uh, these kinds of ads. Just ask yourself, why? Why would this group spend a million dollars? Why would these all of these groups together spend a hundred million dollars to try to get a senator to vote for a piece of legislation? There's a good chance that their company or their organization or the clients that they represent, the wealthy and the well-connected, have an interest in the bill passing that might be beneficial to them. And so there's a, a lot to it. And we have to make sure that we're not just saying, oh yeah, I sure hope our senator votes for that. Uh, we need to look behind it. We've got to look a little deeper. We've got to have a different kind of conversation. If we're going to control spending, spend it on the right things, have a transparent process, and ultimately get to the right result. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.